can't see his CC's uh, tablet. Oh, no. We'll start just like this, and then he'll sh- switch over. Cool. It's, it's a new thing we do, Veda. We got a routine now. Catching up. I'm catching up. We got a <laughs> lot of catching up to do. We're so glad you're back, though. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, welcome, everybody, to The Seeker's Quest. We are so happy to have Veda Sar back with us. He's been out the past week um, in abroad. He's been in Europe, so he's still in Europe, but he's... He's gracing us with his presence today. He's at a restaurant. So thank you for being here, Veda. And uh, Cece. How are you, Cece? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you. Good to see you. How are you keeping? I'm wonderful. I'm great. I've been looking forward to this. It's like hanging out with two of my best friends. That's what I feel like. So it's yeah. great. How are you, Veda? I'm at this incredible vegan restaurant run by these two brothers, Loka and Guru. Ah. Oh, it's in Bulgaria? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a fully vegan and no oils. They heal people through their food. Literally, physiologically, Emotionally and spiritually. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty far out. I have to go to Bulgaria just to go to that restaurant. I'm telling you, Amazing. man. You can eat a big, massive meal, and then like in a few hours, you're hungry again. Wow. It's, you know, it's, everything is so light. This Mataji, Arudha Mataji is here for one whole month. Wow. This mother, she travels the whole world giving lectures. She's like, I need time out. So she came here and spending a whole month. And this is our Radhikaraman Prabhu's mother? Correct. She's a teacher of, she teaches, uh, basically inspires homeschooling and education. Yes. yes. Okay. Nice. That's great. Well, today... It's kind of a continuum of where we left off in our last session. Veda, we were talking about uh, letting go. And we started last week talking about when not to let go. And then we started, and then Thursday, we started talking more about when to let go. And the conversation kind of led to uh, the discussion of taking space in a relationship Um, When to like completely let go versus when to maybe just take some space in a relationship or maybe even like redefined the terms of the relationship and just, just, uh, just kind of um, separate a little bit on certain terms so that you can preserve the relationship. So we were going to uh, dig deeper into that topic today let's go for it yeah thank you so generally we may think of relationships broadly in just two dynamics that you know either they work or they don't work but you know we could put it this way that sometimes if you take us at a pendulum that we might 
be too close to a person and that might primarily mean that we we may be expecting too much and then from there you might go to the other extreme where it's too far it's like some people say i can't live with you and they had said the same person sometimes oh, i can't live without you so where the other extreme goes through and in general i'm going to talk about how in a relationship sometimes space is required and different relationships like say at a physical level also as i travel across the world when two people talk with each other in different parts of the world people are comfortable with different degrees of distance when they're talking some people stand very close to each other and talk some people stand at a little distance some people stand at a at a significant distance and they may still talk with each other and even from a distance they may have a nice deep talk also but still that's the distance that they are comfortable so different distances are comfortable distances so some so sometimes it's a funny sight like if one person is from a culture where people are very close while talking another person is from the culture where very far so it's almost like the two the two people are here and the first person steps backward and then the next person steps forward and it almost appears that they're attacking and retreating so it becomes like that but those two people and at the end of it the second person may decide i never want to talk with this person never again this person is too intrusive they're coming in my personal space but it doesn't have to be like that this person might have no might not be ill, Ill intention at all they just might be there's two different things you know there is there is this person might be coming close not because they are ill intentioned but because they are just ill informed so these two are different things so what applies to physical space can also apply to emotional space and if you can understand that sometimes different relationships work best at different distances then the relationship can be preserved even when there is uh, not the same proximity in that relationship so that's the in- quick intro point i'm hearing some echo in the background oh yeah beta do you just want to mute when you're not talking but then yeah. awesome Okay. It is just because he's has a little background noise at the at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So Veda doesn't find what we are speaking entertaining. He has background entertainment <laughs> going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or that so, I'm trying to drown myself in this podcast because I don't want to be a part of this entertainment in front of me. <laughs> yeah. so i was ill informed not ill intentioned when i said that <laughs> yes so do you have any comments about this or do you want me to go ahead no this is a great point i, I feel like just even knowing that different relationships can have different levels of proximity and still be really healthy like you can have friends that 
you talk to about certain things, but not other things. And you can, and you can have friends that you see quite often and friends that you don't. And a lot of it for me, I feel like is like, I, I'm of the, I'm of, I'm of the personality where like, I would think everyone should be my best friend. And like, if they don't want to be my best friend, then like my feelings are hurt. So, but I've been trying to practice this more, just like being okay with, okay, this person and I, you know, we really connect on this level, but maybe not this level and that's okay. I'll connect with them on the level that, that we align at and where we, and where we don't, I just let that be. And that could mean less proximity and that could feel like rejection. But I think as you kind of mature and realize that it's actually not, it's actually just, just reality. You know, we're not all going to connect with everybody at such a deep level and just being okay with that and taking the relationship for what it is and appreciating that aspect of it. So this is a good one for me, I feel. <clears throat> what do you think, Veda? You know, when CC started with a diagram with the pendulum, Sissy, can we go back up to the pendulum? You know, I, I just thought it was so, such opposite spectrums. And in my mind, I often think of how uh, our relationship is says too close and too far. We expect too much or we don't have much of an expectation. I often think of how we live in an imaginary world. You know, our mind is always lost in imagination. And we create an imaginary Radha Priti. And I try to put you in that, put yourself in that imaginary spot and try to deal with that imaginary Radha. Because I haven't taken the time to really get to know you and understand you. Mm. and knowing and understanding someone that's when you can actually put the spaces in between but the conflict that i find the space in between is because we have created fictional characters imaginary people what our best friend what jcc is what radha is and because we don't know each other well enough then we create this imagine imaginary uh, figures and we try to have a relationship with them. And then we become a little disappointed. So I think in, in these different levels of relationship, if the imaginary uh, creation of that person was not, was, was missing from the equation, then we will actually be able to know the distances that we would have with each other. But I agree that the different spaces that is required, the different length, different breadth of space is required in all relationships. Otherwise, our imaginary figure of that person takes over and we become disappointed. So when you were speaking, that's where my, that's where my mind went to. Wow, I totally agree with that. That 
is so true in my own experience when I think back. It's like not taking the time to get to know the person to even decide what's a good proximity. It's like simple, but difficult sometimes. <laughs> Thank you. That's beautifully put. Actually, I was drawing something based on what you were saying. And then it disappeared. Drawing disappeared. Yeah, my tablet has got disconnected somehow. I'm trying to reconnect it. But you, know, you this, see, this, I think uh, you might be too attached to technology because it's always breaking on you. And I feel like this is like Krishna's like trying to teach you, like you, you can't rely on technology. <laughs> it's, it's causing many heartbreaks here. <laughs> Your technology breaks are causing many heartbreaks. <laughs> well, the annoyance that Radha's words caused, Veda's words removed that annoyance in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> the other day we were recording the Bhagavad Gita and it was like not working for like 45 minutes. Him and I were just, he was just going in and out and it was brutal. He's like, I'm annoyed that you're not more annoyed. <laughs> oh god mm -hmm. anyway so i'm trying to reconnect entirely now but the point i was making is that when this particular thing becomes especially visible if we have a network of relationships like if i am only relating with you and I don't connect with anyone else who knows you. So if, and what happens is my perception of you becomes the only perception that I have. And then there is no way for me to correct that per perception or to even evaluate whether my perception might not be correct. So in one sense, we can't avoid living in our mental world. But we can at least occasionally come out of that mental world. And it is, in one sense, people who force us out of that mental world. So you can say this is the this is the actual person, and above that is the imaginary person. And the only way I understand that there is actually a difference between the two of them is not the only way, one of the major ways I would say is if there is a third person and that third person knows them and the third person knows me also. And I say, you know, this hateful, selfish, exploitative person. And he says, really? I found them to be kind. I found them to be quite okay. What are you talking about? And that's when we, in some ways, Reevaluate what is going on. So, in fact, what you spoke with actually was a nice segue to the point which I was going to make. That one of the key things which is missing in our world today is that is a sense of community. Community generally gives us a network of relationships. Mm -hmm. Whereas, okay, my tab has gone again. So what has happened is community has been devalued while individual relationships 
have been romanticized and overvalued hmm. and that is one reason why we get so caught in our mental pictures of others that other people who could have had a more moderating influence on our mental pictures they are almost cut out of cut out of our world i'll try to join once again maybe if you want to comment on something radha whether you can do that this is why i feel like it's a good idea to have like multiple teachers um because if oh, you are you going to say this is why you should have multiple devices <laughs> so one will <laughs> no i'll lay off on giving you a hard time about that <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah because and i i felt like this um when i first started my practice and i just had one teacher who was amazing but then it's like you know if something happens in a relationship with that then then that's your whole conception of krishna and so it's good to to have different teachers um one one cuz it provides you different perspective but two cuz it grounds you a little bit it gives you like more roots in your spiritual life um and and in that you have a little bit more stable of a found foundation i feel that's been my experience what do you guys think about that yeah is going i used to do gardening it was one of my hobbies and passions and i remember growing snow peas i think i've shared this story again and they're very very sensitive little plants you know and when i planted them on the ground i was told that i have to put supports and all these things because the wind will you know trample you know with with make them uh, lean over and fall to the ground and they won't be able to grow properly but then very quickly i noticed when i put the snow peas all around in my garden bed as soon as they started to grow the tentacles started to grow and they started to reach out and two of the snow peas plants are holding on to each other and the other ones didn't have the tentacles yet and they were struggling to hold on to each other every morning i'd go check on them they'd lean over and then when the other ones came up they were all, all holding on to each other so beautifully i had a garden bed 6 foot by 4 feet and they didn't have any support they were just holding on to each other and growing so beautifully so i look at spiritual life as something like that that it is extremely important to realize that we need not just one person to hold on to but we are allowed to have many shikshya gurus many teachers and so much so there are stories in the bhagavatam of the student who has 16 different teachers and i think that we can have more than 16 teachers if our mind and heart are open then everyone can be a teacher that can teach us something every situation every individual everything in the world so it is the state of consciousness of an individual that helps us to have this community and not just an individual individual person or another person to grow with rather you have a community that binds based on a unified principle the common 
bond that unites all of us. So that's what I was thinking when, when CC mentioned that point that, you know, that the, that the importance of having multiple relationships, especially in our spiritual growth. Was the plant you mentioned snow beans or snow peas? It's called snow peas. Snow peas. Interesting. Yeah. So They're sweet, you know. Okay, great. So the thing over here is that now we have been exploring a spectrum of relationships. Now we could relationships can we can go over a gamut. Now they can be our teachers or spiritual teachers, we can create our gurus, we can have friends, and we can have our family. So we now, there are certain relationships which come with certain set of expectations, which you could say are to some extent non-negotiable. But beyond that, we also, that means you could say, so every relationship has a functional aspect to it. Mm -hmm. Functional features, that is a reasonable thing to expect in any relationship. But we all bring in many things beyond what are the basic functional requirements. And as society is changing, even what is the function, what is required for functioning in a relationship, that may also change with time. Or at least different people may have different expectations of what is required in the relationship. And that's why I think uh, this idea that we have, uh, mul we seek multiple relationships, that is so important. In one sense, if you see going back to cultures, the many traditional cultures were highly community centered. And sometimes, this could restrict individual, individual, individual expression or individual aspiration. But now our culture is becoming more and more individual centered. And it's individual centered. There is a flip side and a positive side to everything. The flip side over there is it's loneliness. Uh, when it's too community centered, we could say that uh, there is inhibition. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. But this is the role expected from you. But if you can focus instead on growth-centered, ultimately the purpose of relationship is not simply the individual or the community, but it's growth, growth of the individual and growth of the community. But then what happens is each one of us can find out how best relationships work. So that would mean, for example, that when we interact with people, now different people, like some people are introverts, some people are extroverts, and some people need a little more space, some people need a little more company. And everybody can find the way they can grow. So rather than simply sticking to traditional norms or uh, contemporary fads, if we focus on the, the point of responsibility, that we are all, a, we are all 
individuals and we are also parts of something bigger than ourselves then we all can find the best way to move forward so i think that taking responsibility taking initiative that is critical to find out what will work best for us yeah you know the other thing that that kind of branching out and having more relationships does is it keeps you from putting all of your expectations on one person i remember when i first got married i was talking to a friend i was maybe i was complaining about something with my husband and she told me you know it's unrealistic to expect for one person to fulfill all of your needs and when she said that it, it kind of was like oh okay yeah maybe maybe that's okay maybe then i you know talk to my girlfriend about this or like you know you don't have to if you're counting on one person to fulfill all of your needs it's like you're going to be set up for you're setting yourself up for for failure really because that's i mean unless it's god <laughs> god can fulfill all of your needs but a person that's a pretty tall order so from a functionality perspective it it's having different relationships that that nurture you maybe in in different ways or you connect on different levels or that's that's healthy yeah that's true yeah that's where also we talk about space you know it, it it's giving yourself the space to not be with your one partner doing everything playing sports doing a yoga class going on hiking going swimming and and it could be very very stifling so i think this functional realities as 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 written up there in this cc if you look up a little bit on this the, the yeah the, the the functional realities the functional features of each and every uh dimension of our existence uh will create more functional other relationships i mean someone you play basketball with you may not be talking to them about you know your spiritual journey or as, as such you know you'd be a little bit more on sports based because i think that everyone in this world has everyone is multidimensional in their habits and in their in their activities so i think it's very very healthy to have relationships with different people doing different things so that when you get to the real crux of Uh, the spiritual relationship your permanent spiritual partner or your life partner your soulmate it has had some time off to come back to uh, the, the the spiritual core of our existence so that's what i think of when i look at this pendulum when can we look at the pendulum one more time sissy you know yeah growth centered because all the extracurricular activities this are all great it's needed but the real growth is that inner growth and we need to always come back to that core yeah you know i was somehow today i'm getting inspired by pendulums so generally i have one pendulum today i'm 
oscillating with three pendulums now. So. <laughs> pendulum class. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you, since Sarada mentioned about God, that generally, in some relationships, we make ourselves into God. That means we expect the other person should just listen to us and obey us and never question us. And sometimes we make the other person into God. That means we expect that other person to know everything, to solve all problems, to fulfill all our needs, desires. And neither of them is going to work. The Gita explains in 15.7 that we all are parts of God. So I'm a part of God, you are a part of God. We, so we don't have to make ourselves but we, in one sense, mold ourselves as parts of God. That means we first connect with God and then we connect with others. So, when we have those two connections, that connect with God plus connect with others, then there is greater stability in our relationship. So I've discussed, we discussed this earlier about how if I'm here, we have a vertical relationship with the divine. And then along with that vertical relationship with the divine, we also have horizontal relationships with others. So this horizontal, this, these can be different relationships at different degrees, whatever it is. But this vertical relationship often gives us a necessary anchor, a vital stability. And then Along with that stability, we can have some clarity, clarity about how, what can I expect from this relationship? You know, at what distance can this relationship function? So, if we rule God out of the relationship, and we not only rule God out of the relationship, but we also replace God, either with ourselves or with someone else, then relationships are going to be on a roadway to disaster. Yeah. You know, you said when you, with your pendulum, when you were talking about us becoming God or in relationships acting as though we were God, I think that can kind of look like uh, being controlling, right? Or if, if you're saying that the other person is God, you're letting the other person be God, then you're, you're kind of being, maybe being controlled by them. So sometimes we become the enabler of the other person. Yeah. And then that person may be addicted, that person might be abusive. Uh, and of course, that's just one possibility. And yeah, we ourselves treat, we become like the almighty, the controller. Yeah, we th we think so. that, that we know and we, yeah, so better to connect with God and get really grounded in that. Like your, your roots are really in that relationship. And then, and then once you're stable in that, then, then, you can show up for other relationships from a place of greater, greater like inner knowing and inner more fulfillment, yeah. more like self-satisfaction. And in that way, you're not, you're not, your expectations for other people are maybe not so high <laughs> as well. Yes. 
I like the phrase place of place of inner knowing. The Gita talks about this inner knowing as the wisdom that comes from within. Buddhi yoga. Oh, nice term. Yes, Veda. Any comments? If you go up to the pendulum again, I was just thinking mm-hmm. how you know you talk about we make ourselves into God, <laughs> or we enable others to become God. You know, I always think of this topic as something that the fact of the reality is we have all the godlike qualities. I mean, we are God, just miniature ones, tiny ones, because we have godlike qualities. And because we have those miniature qualities, and somehow those miniature qualities are ego expands and, and makes those miniature qualities look like we are the God. So I think the fact that we feel like we're God, it's, it's, it's normal, except it's not normal. Because this, uh, those miniature qualities, every little person thinks that they're so big. So that's one of the things that I always feel that the nature that we have is is very godly. So why don't we use the good part of godly natures instead of resorting to the bad part of godly natures? I don't know if I'm making sense. Well, when you said that so we all have godly qualities. Yeah. Two thoughts came in my mind. First, I don't have any godly qualities. <laughs> and second is I thought anybody who says I have godly qualities certainly doesn't have the godly quality of humility. <laughs> <laughs> but then you didn't say I have. You made it very appropriately as we all have. <laughs> General statement. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate the point that... Uh, Oh yeah, core point is very true. Because in one sense, while God is the controller, is the supreme controller. I didn't mean to go off the topic, but I was just thinking in terms of relationships, you know. Yeah, of course. Well, your interruption is taking me off the topic. <laughs> you were very much on the topic. No yeah, problem. We can come back to the topic. Yeah, sure. So I agree with you that you know there is. This idea, God is the supreme controller, but the Vedic tradition itself says that he is not the sole controller. It means that we are also we are also controllers. He's supreme controller, not sole controller. He's Ish, he's a Ishwara, he's a Parameshwara. But we are also small controllers. And to some extent, when parents have a small child, they have to control the child. The child wants to go and play in the middle of a crowded street with cars racing by. And the parent says, oh, I'm not a controller. Well, if you can't be a controller, then don't be a parent. Isn't it? There are certain boundaries which they have to impose. So the idea is that, that our controlling capacity, we all may have different controlling capacities according to our particular position but are we using it for good you could say in the service of god 
or are we using it for bad in the in the service of our own ego so it is that controlling capacities our godly qualities are not meant to be rejected we all have some intelligence right and it is we use our intelligence to understand god's intelligence to understand what is god's plan and purpose for our life it is not that we reject our intelligence in trying to surrender to god we use our intelligence so yes our controlling capacity is so when you say we make ourselves into god yeah we can't be god but we can certainly become godly and in some ways as we become godly our resemblance with god increases yeah that makes sense it's an interesting point too that you said veda how we we choose what did you you said that we choose we are miniature parts of god and you said that we don't we take the bad but we don't take the good something like that <laughs> am i butchering it completely it was uh, thought provoking i was like hmm we are, we are definitely not butchers <laughs> <laughs> both, both of you have become pendulum inspirers now <laughs> <laughs> so you could say we are parts of god that's the reality but that you know one extreme would be we are god the other extreme could be we are nothing like god Mm-hmm. but in between we could say that we have godly attributes in fractions not in full none of us has full virtue in fractions and they meant for service to god so if we have this understanding then as you rightly said we can't deny the idea that the good part of it is that we are parts of god uh, that there is something godly about us but the bad part of it is that we can say that the only thing no i am entirely godly and there is nothing ungodly in me uh, that is also not true there is something ungodly about my tablet definitely today <laughs> something ungodly <laughs> about that tablet or it could be godly i mean it's here and then it's not and then it's here and then it's <laughs> that's a real dynamic are, as well you are really anno- you are really annoyingly accurate today <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do you think veda this whole you know this whole relationship thing yeah. i find it quite fascinating because you know the different functional aspects of relationships and you know often i think maybe we can discuss in a separate topic how life becomes very hard because we're juggling so many uh imaginary relationships in our head you know and and how we are constantly disappointed because of this constant uh revamping of our imaginary uh relationship circles and how important it is to have the different aspects of 
functional relationships and always centered into the core of our of our lives, which is the divine aspect of our being. And security only comes in that space. And everything else is is is, is compounding and it's adding uh, limited value, but the real security is in our relationship with the with the divine. Mm. Yeah, That's what I think of whenever I keep thinking of this aspect of the relationship. Yeah, and it's nice to surround yourself with people that aspire for that same quality of relationship with the divine, because then in that you can kind of even um, grow together and and also kind of check each other if one's trying to become God or one's trying to make the other one God. You can, and and, uh, and also what to speak of your teachers, having teachers that encourage, that really, that really help you ground in that relationship with God. Um, as opposed to like maybe you know, your relationship with your teachers is your connection to God, but it doesn't mean that if your relationship with your teacher ends that you don't have a connection to God. So it's nice to have teachers that, that really tether you to God in that, in that way. You know, either one of the pendulum swings has so many toxic elements in relationship. You know, God and enabling God, becoming God and enabling God. There's so much toxic emotions and toxic elements that that are related to this two opposite side of the spectrum in relationships. Because if you enable someone to be God, then you're always trying to serve that person and you become this codependent relationship. And they can totally take you for a ride and, you know, you're lost. Life is over, you know. So either one of these pendulum swings and making yourself God, then you're going to start treating everybody horribly. You know, everybody is just a piece of garbage that you can dispose of, you know, use them and dispose them. So I think it's, uh, it's, it's really nice that the pendulum in the middle in having a balanced relationships. We have Radha one coming up. <laughs> yeah. Radha, you're really on a roll now. So, you know, Guru is God. It's in one sense, it's the same pathology which you might have in other relationships. That other is that no Guru is needed to go to God that I can go myself. So, you know, there is a saying that one who is his, one who is his, one who has himself as a guru also has a fool as a disciple. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, we definitely need a guidance outside of our own head. So, guru is uh, way, an important way, but the Guru is a way to God. So, 
So walk me Bad. in the chaos. Don't follow me and don't lead me. Walk me through the chaos. Don't follow me and don't lead walk me. With me. Walk with walk me. Walk with me. Walk with me through the chaos. <laughs> I can see that's your philosophy, Veda, just in my, my relationship with you. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that this this one philosopher, I think, came up with that theory, right? Or some people say that. Well, I'm not sure I will not follow you. I'm, I, I'm not sure whether I'll follow you in what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> mm? I'd say that there is a certain level where a guru needs to be followed by the disciple. It's just like a child needs to follow the parents. But then there is a time when the parents have to stop expecting the child to follow them entirely. Mm. The child has to have their own life. And that means that the parents have to let go of the need to control, even if it is that is motivated by the desire to protect. So similarly, at least in the initial stages, it is important to follow a guide. But eventually, the purpose of guidance, because this is, I think, a key point over here, the purpose of guidance, it is not to perpetuate dependence. This is where leaders can become, even guides can become toxic. That means they give so much guidance that the student starts feeling, I can't decide anything without consulting my guide. Mm -hmm. But what they need to do is foster, you could say, wise independence, judicious independence, that, and train them in that. So, mm. Do you guys think this is why Radha Swami didn't text me back? <laughs> How do you connect that here? Because it's like I'm asking him for his blessing on something, and maybe he's like, oh, you, you guys decide, you, you, you know, maybe you take a little bit of time and decide what you think first. Okay. That's interesting, yeah. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> I like to think about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In my experience with him, he hardly ever, he's never given me any instructions. He only gives suggestions. Mm -hmm. So I've had two responses to this. One of my senior god brothers, one of my another guide, he said, that's just his nature. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't give instructions. But another of my teachers, he said that actually he needs to trust you enough to give you instructions. That if you are in inner circle, then he will give you instructions. Otherwise, he'll give broad suggestions and give you your space. So in one sense, you need the you need to earn the right to be instructed by him. Mm -hmm. Because that's a different subject. So, so it's uh, got a lot of work to do. I know. I don't think that makes me feel better. <laughs> no, I was telling you, 
to make myself feel better not to you feel <laughs> no i was you know, I, I, no but, but i don't agree with that second god brother uh, second guide's statement because i feel that that's just his nature and he also wants he, he i think most most wise teachers they don't really try to con- micro control or even control people's lives it's only when they are going doing something terribly wrong they will intervene otherwise the one part part of growing up is also to let others explore and learn and sometimes people learn by doing the right thing sometimes people learn by doing something that is not so right also and that's also learning mm-hmm. see see if you go on the pendulum i was just thinking you know like many yeah right there guru and god this whole uh, i don't want to get into this topic but this guru is god no guru is needed to get to god and guru is the way to god i like the concept of a teacher because this whole notion of a guru puts them on a very uh the labeling of a guru it's uh it's something that also creates some sort of a a barrier or a distance like like a pedestal yeah so are you thinking but that's just something i always think of whenever when i say teacher anybody can be a teacher everyone is a teacher so it almost feels like they creates a gap in the relationship in between a, a student and a teacher between a guru and a disciple i know it's a little side topic but because we're talking about relationships here i just think it's like possible okay. i think it also depends on context because in different contexts different cultures the word guru also has different connotations i see that sometimes you know people say that this person is my computer guru or this person is there's a youtube channel called in india it's called tech guruji hmm? that person basically reviews tech devices and he calls himself a tech guruji so i don't know whether he calls himself but so i think it can also be used in a sense of uh, as you rightly said guru can sometimes be used synonymously as a teacher or a guide but sometimes the idea of guru becomes way bigger than a teacher it depends on what context it is the idea is the guru is offers offering us some of uh, some invaluable teaching but that does not mean that the individual responsibility for growth is lost so it's like we may have the best uh, best if if we are fighter pilots we may have the best trainer but ultimately that trainer is not going to fly the fighter plane for us we have to fly it ourselves so in that sense the guru has to uh, the guru has to be a teacher who equips the student uh, with skills not just uh, not just create subordination in the student good point yeah brother you want to say something before we summarize no i don't think so for once go ahead and take it home for once it's most well, of the time i feel like 
Having a lot of fun at your expense today. I take it. Both of you. Like both of your expense actually. <laughs> so, let's try to summarize in terms of pendulums itself. So, we started with the the pendulum where you know, we try to with relationship with people. We can be too close where we have too much expectation and then we can go too far where we just reject people and think that no relationships work in between we can have a uh, healthy space healthy space and of course healthy connection also and one of the problems that comes because of which we may this was a separate point i will not put in the pendulum that there is the other person as they are actually but then there is our imagination of the other person so that's why we need to have a network of relationships and you could see that in the past if you can see the history of relationships a little bit the past was more community centered which often led to individuals feeling inhibited but at least people always had multiple supports to fall back on but when it's individual centered then we don't have we are very lonely and that's why to some extent the expectation from the other person becomes way too much and when that expectation is not fulfilled the frustration also becomes too much and then to deal with that we discussed how when we have a relationship with god relationship with god means that at one level we or rather the you could say here it's a place of god in our relationships that's that's something which comes before that but where we make ourselves god or we make the, with the other person is god and in both of these case we have problems in between what is that we are all we parts of god and we are all trying to connect with him and connect with each other accordingly so that this vertical connection when we have with god uh, that brings greater stability and clarity in our relationship with others so stability here and clarity at what distance at what space will this relationship function the best and then when we are talking about god god or godly we talked about one more pendulum was that that we are god or we have we are nothing like god and that that is also a problem because we we over expect or then we just undermine ourselves and again the balance is we are parts of god and this helps us to uncover our godly part and help others uncover their godly part and last part we just talked about the role of guru and god the guru is god or guru is not at all needed to go to god guru is redundant the guru is unnecessary we may think like that but in between is guru is all oh, this is a long pendulum <laughs> guru is <laughs> <laughs> 
recently started a new podcast um bhagavad gita in a year we're going to try to read through the bhagavad gita in a year just 20 minutes a day and that posts every day to our youtube as well so check that out and share with friends um thank you <laughs>